With 25% off all new and up to 70% off previously leased furnishings, do you really need a better reason to party? We don't think so. Come visit our new Court Furniture Clearance Center with more than 9,000 square feet of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home and office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. Free food, prizes, and fun all weekend long at our Chandelier Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. What are we going to do as a church? Our souls need to wake up. We need to respond to the gospel of Jesus. He said, go into the world. We don't want to deal with reality, Christian. We don't even want to deal with reality even though we've been saved from this place. I'm calling on you today in the name of Jesus to rise up to the call of God. Christ is coming back soon. If I start telling people about hell, I might just scare them off. Where are you going to scare them off to? Hell number two? People stop and think about it. If hell really exists, and it does, I didn't say that Jesus did, then don't you think people need to know about it? Can't you at least give them a fighting chance? Are you just going to sit there and let them burn? Amen. All righty. Well, check this out, folks. Recently, the chief of staff of the U.S. Air Force decided he would personally intervene in the recruiting crisis that's affecting the armed forces here in the United States, Tom. And so he came here apparently to Nellis, the Air Force base here, and he opened it up for all eligible men to apply. And so Joey and Bobby, where are you guys at? Hey, praise God. Okay, so they're back there. The two of our interns, right? They're always looking for a better job upgrade, right, guys? Yeah, just roll with it. Okay. Uh, they decide to apply, Mario. Okay. And so the, the general and his aides, they're standing near this uh, brand new jet fighter. And when lo and behold, uh, here comes Bobby and Joey. And, and they walk up and the general sticks out his hand and he introduces himself. And he, and he looks straight at Bobby and he says, son, what skills can you bring to the Air Force? And get this, Bobby looks straight at him and he says, I'm a pilot. Yeah. Well, the general, he gets all excited, and he turns to his aide, and he says, hey, get him in today. I mean, all the paperwork done, everything, do it now. So the aide takes Bobby off, and, and then the general, he turns to Joey, and he looks at Joey, and he says, son, what skills do you bring to the Air Force? And Joey looks at him and says, I chop wood. And so the general shakes his head, and he says, son, we, we don't need wood choppers in the Air Force. Uh, what do you know how to do? And Joey says, I chop wood. And then generally he just he said, son, you're not listening to me. We don't need wood choppers in the Air Force. This is the 21st century. And Joey says, well, you hired my friend Bobby. And the general says, well, of course, he's a pilot. And Joey just rolls his eyes and says, well, so what? I got to chop it before he can pilot. <laughs> and now you know why I've been asking for prayer for me personally working with these interns. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Wow, help, help. I mean, the next thing you know, they'll be eating at uh, this uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, eating chicken behind my back. As if I wouldn't find out, guys. Hello, you posted on Facebook. But anyway, that's right. Uh, believe it or not, folks, did you know I'm not the only one going around, help me, help me, okay, <laughs> working with interns. Believe it or not, the Bible's clear. One day our whole planet's going to be doing the same thing, literally crying out, help me, help me, during the seven-year tribulation. It is not a joke, folks. It's an outpouring of God's wrath on this wicked and rebellious planet, and you do not want to be there. Jesus said it's the worst time in the history of mankind, and that unless God shortened that you know, time frame, the entire human race would be destroyed. How many guys would say that's kind of bad? Yeah, just a little bit, okay? But because he loves you and I, he gives us warning signs, Old Testament, New Testament, all over the place, letting us know when it's getting close, the seven-year tribulation, and therefore the rapture of the church, which takes place prior to that. Therefore, in order to keep you and I from experiencing the ultimate bad day here at sunrise of being left behind, even worse than 
working with interns who eat chicken behind your back. I still can't get that over there. Uh, we're going to continue in our study. That's right. Uh, the final countdown update. Now, we've already seen so far the first 10 updates the, on the final countdown study. That was the Jewish people, modern technology, worldwide upheaval, the rise of falsehood, wickedness, apostasy, the rise of a one-world religion, the rise of a one-world government, and the last two times was the rise of a one-world economy. And what we saw there is that God lovingly foretold in advance because he loves us, he gave us a heads up. When you see all the world's economies coming together as one, which is happening right now, today before our very eyes, you're living in the last days. And we saw that with the machinery proof, the union proof, the currency proof, and last time with the cashless proof, where we not only have all the pieces and plans already right now being put into place for this one world economy, but we even have the electronic currency now, i.e. the cashless society that the Bible says the Antichrist needs to pull off the mark of the beast in Revelation 13. We saw it's being promoted all over the place. It's being sold as a convenience, of course, and it's being mandated. Listen, we're for the first time in mankind's history, cash transactions are becoming the only option the only option electronic transactions for you to buy and sell not in just small areas but whole countries are adopting it before our very eyes okay and what does that sound like it's leading up to the mark of the beast that's right paul the mark of the beast which leads us to our final update on the final countdown study and that's just that it's the mark of the beast the mark of the beast, okay? And this mark of the beast system that's being put into place because we have this formation now of a one-world economy, okay, and a cashless society is not only going to be put into place by the Antichrist and the false prophet themselves, but it's going to be put into place, listen, with the same cunningness and deceitfulness of the devil himself is how they're going to pull it off. But don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God's. Open your Bibles to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It's going to be our text here. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we're going to read there verses 1 through 10, all right, verses 1 through 10, and uh, let's take a look at the coming of the lawless one or the Antichrist. What can we expect? How's he going to appear on the scene? What's it going to be like? Well, let's take a look, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. When you get there, say moo. I could almost close in prayer. That was beautiful. I could, <laughs> no, let's go on. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1 through 10 says this. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers, do not become uh, easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy or report or, or letter that's supposed to have come from us saying that the day of the Lord's already come. No, 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 no. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day is not going to come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness, the Antichrist, is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. Here's what he's going to do. He's going to oppose and exalt himself over everything that's called God or is worshipped so that he himself sets himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be God. And he says this, don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things? Can I translate that for you? Hello, McFly. How many times have we got to go through this? I can't believe you're budging from this. What? Don't you remember I used to tell you these things? And now you know what's holding him back so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is what? It's already at work, okay? It's moving towards the goal. But the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he's taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. Can somebody say amen? All right, now, the coming of the lawless one, listen, will also be in accord uh, with who? With the work of Satan, displayed in all kinds of, not real, but counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders, and in every sort of evil that, listen, deceives those who are perishing. Why? 
They perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be what? Saved. In other words, these people, even though they could have listened to the truth, they could have uh, benefited from the truth, they could have uh, uh, reacted to the truth, they didn't want to hear it. Don't confuse me with the facts. I don't want to hear this stuff. And so they met their own doom by their own doing. Does that sound a little bit like today? Yeah, people just want to put their head in the sand and act like this isn't really going on. Okay, but according to the Bible, we see that when the Antichrist is revealed, amongst many evil things he's going to do, he is going to appear on the scene with these counterfeit signs, counterfeit wonders, and counterfeit uh, miracles. Why? Because he is being empowered by Satan, who is a liar and a deceiver, right? So guess what this guy's going to do? Same thing. He's a liar and a deceiver. So this tells us the specific tactics that this guy is going to use to dupe the whole planet into going so far as to getting a mark in their bodies, in their right hand or forehead, in order to buy and sell. He is going to use lying, thieving, murderous, seductive lies to get people to do it. Right? And it's a good thing we don't see anybody in high places using lies and deceit to get the job done. This is all over. Can I quote something? The secret power of lawlessness is already at work. It's all over the place, folks. But specifically, when it comes to the implementing of the mark of the beast, the first way we're being deceived, the world is being deceived to take this thing, is by building, through deceits, this universal matrix. Okay? The universal matrix. Okay? Now, folks, whether you realize it or not, uh, there is something, a universal matrix, that's being created okay, that connects everything on the planet that you need to pull off this mark of the beast system, okay? We don't call it the matrix. We call it the internet. Follow with me. It's called the internet. Now, if you'll notice, folks, in a very short amount of time, all information, all finances, all knowledge, all forms of media are being connected and merged into this one matrix called the internet, right? And in a short amount of time, the net, and that's the key word, is closing in on us. Okay, and it's not just in existence right now. Listen, we have been conditioned in a very few short years to accept it and rely upon this matrix for just about everything we do to function in society. Listen, including finances is going through this matrix now. You can buy online, you could sell online, you could bank online, do your studying, your research online, you could shop online, watch TV online, register online, make appointments online. You could do just about anything and everything online, this internet, i.e. matrix system, and it's global, all right? Now, it's a giant matrix system that is starting to control everything we do, listen, including our finances. The trend is people don't even like going into stores anymore. Why? Because you can just go to the matrix and what? Buy and sell, okay? And, and do all your finances, okay? Now, as I've said before, this is why I believe this term here in the Bible, I'm not gonna say, thus saith the Lord or anything, and Revelation 13 says, without this mark, you will not be able to buy and sell. I believe personally that that term, buy and sell, is a loaded term. Okay? I think that's just the tip of the iceberg that you will not be able to do uh, in the seven-year tribulation. Okay? When you think of the internet, when you think of this matrix system, okay, and if you weren't able to access it, buying and selling is the tip of the iceberg you won't be able to do. You'll literally become a non-citizen overnight just like that. And it, it, you talk about leverage, okay? And see, that's the problem. That's the problem with this matrix, guys, is we're not just getting used to it to do just about everything we do in order to function in society, including our finances and buying and selling. But that's the problem. What if somebody hijacked this whole matrix that's controlling all this information, that's controlling all the finances, that's controlling this ability to buy and sell? I mean, you talk about a power play. If one guy literally could grab control of that whole thing, 
I got a theory and it goes like this. I bet you that guy, he's got awesome leverage now. He could make, he could order, he could force, he could cause you to do just about anything. Where have we heard that before? Revelation 13. That's what the Antichrist does with the false prophet. He is going to make, force, order, cause people to worship him, take this mark, or you will be shut out. And eventually you're going to die. Okay? Now, here's the whole point, folks. Believe it or not, that's exactly what's starting to take place. Internet's been up and running for a little while now, for quite some many years, right? We're all now pretty well conditioned. We're tied into this matrix, right? Stage two is coming in high gear right now. The ability to access this matrix now. See, it's all been about freedom, right? We can hop in at any time. Isn't that nifty? Isn't that awesome? It's being taken away. Now that we're used to it, now that we're plugged into it, the freedom to access the internet is being taken away. Now, I want to share with you a map, and this is from Open Net Initiative, and these are the guys who uh, track this kind of thing, right? Who's restricting access to the internet, i.e. the matrix system. Now, as you take a look at that map, let me explain it. As you can see, a large portion of the planet is covered in green, okay? And that signifies area where there's little or no uh, restriction, and if you notice, the areas that are green is pretty much the backwoods of the planet, you know, South America, the middle of Africa, not a big, giant, high population. Now, the white areas are those that are starting to be selective, okay, with the matrix. The yellow is those whose position are changing in the worst direction. But as you can see, a huge portion of the planet there on that map is pink. And this signifies, according to Open Net Initiative, listen, the worst offenders, the worst offenders of internet restriction. Now, notice the worst offenders, according to this map, it isn't just Russia, it's not just China. Look over here. It's us, the United States. And if you notice, it's Britain, the UK, up there as well. The worst offenders? And see, this is the problem. This is the seduction. This is the lying. This is the deceit that's being going on and foisted upon you and I. You see, we here in America, we think, oh, we're not like those communist countries, you know, China. You know, of course, they block their people, but we've got total freedom here in the United... No, we don't. According to these guys, what we have in place, whether you realize it or not, folks, we are categorized just as bad as Russia and China. We're the worst offenders on the planet to access the matrix, okay? Now, it's about to get even worse, we already saw what the FBI is doing, the NSA is doing, and how they're using, they're tracking our emails, they're tracking all kinds of stuff, data, social networking, all that stuff. Remember that? That's, we're on the, that's why we're on that list, partially so. But how many guys have heard this uh, Sony scare thing, the Sony hack job, right, that supposedly North Korea did? Key word there, if you've been doing your research, is supposedly. Because the research is coming out now, is like, wait a second, now that the dust has settled and they got what they wanted... We can't really find a tie to North Korea. In fact, the only thing we can find is it was an inside job. But you see, if you create a crisis, then you can manage the outcome. Remember, any, I, I told you guys this before. I have a general rule. Anytime that they play in the media something over and over and over and over and over again, I mean to the serious redundancy, you better pay attention to what's going on in Congress, you better pay attention to what's going on in the government, and you better pay attention to what they're trying to cram through. And they use this as an excuse, this supposed Sony thing, as an excuse for the government to now take control of the internet. Isn't that so comforting? Because we all know they're doing such a fantastic job on the IRS and healthcare and ooh, yeah, and now they can control the matrix. Folks, it's a pack of lies. Okay, it was all used. How's the Antichrist going to operate? How's he going to put this into place? Lies, deceit, cunningness. And that's exactly what went on with this 
latest scare. Let's take a look at that. No foreign nation, no hacker should be able to shut down our networks, steal our trade secrets, or invade the privacy of American families, especially our kids. So we're making sure our government integrates intelligence to combat cyber threats, just as we have done to combat terrorism. The U.S. government has stridently asserted that North Korea was almost certainly responsible for the Sony hack, with no evidence whatsoever. Look at this New York Times headline. Halfway down the article that we read, it is not clear how the United States determined that Mr. Kim's government had played a central role in the Sony attacks. In other words, there's no evidence whatsoever to back up this claim. In fact, the only evidence that really does indicate anything is that this hack attack on Sony Pictures was an inside job. In order to justify draconian cybersecurity measures like the ones that Joe Lieberman called for in giving the White House the same power as China to censor and shut down the internet. And just by coincidence, Obama State Department official Catherine Novelli was meeting with China's internet censorship czar. This is the guy overseeing the Great Firewall of China, the infamous government censorship program over the entire web. She was meeting with him at an event in Washington urging cooperation on cybersecurity between the United States and China. So isn't it convenient that right at the time the cybersecurity legislation is stalled in Congress, as the Obama administration shows its desperation to regulate the internet, now we have this convenient Sony hack that can be used to grease the skids for tightened control. And tonight, I urge this Congress to finally pass the legislation we need to better meet the evolving threat of cyber attacks, combat identity theft, and protect our children's information. That should be a bipartisan effort. Yeah, that's what it's for for the kids. <laughs> Gotta make sure that they can still get to those little pet shop websites, play those games. <laughs> what? Excuse me? Oh, and by the way, it's once again, what's the, what's the, the it, those dreaded terrorists. How much mileage are you going to get out of that? With all due respect, okay? But as you saw, folks, when you do the homework, and that's just the tip of the iceberg, okay, we've been lied to. Somebody used cunningness. Somebody used deceit. Right when this baby was stalled, it ain't going nowhere, because that's a major attack on our freedoms. Boom, here comes this big old scare. It's played over and over and over and over and over again. <gasps> okay, I guess we've got to do it. Create a crisis, you can manage the outcome. Now, if you thought that was bad, the United States government controlling here in America, uh, our access to the matrix, the internet, you ain't seen nothing yet. It's about to get even worse. The same administration, the current administration, is also talking about giving up control of the internet, period. Listen, to a global entity called ITU, the International Telecommunication uh, Union. Okay? And this works like the UN that controls the governments around the world. This would, therefore, this one entity would control all the communications, including the internet, around the world. And guess who they're going to model it after? Russia and China. You know, the ones that we're working with already. This is crazy, folks, but this is really happening as we speak. Let's take a look. We created it, but now the administration is giving it for free to the rest of the world. The Obama administration about to hand control of the internet to what it describes as the global community so we've created the internet, we've done a great job sustaining it, keeping it running, it works 
right? Why would we do this? The Obama administration has said, let's open this up to global governance, to, to governance that includes other countries like China and like Russia. They're going along with censorship in a communist country. Pretty shocking. Now, a government-controlled international body is making a play to become the new place where the Internet's future gets decided. It's called the International Telecommunication Union, or ITU, and in December, the world's governments will meet to decide whether to expand its mandate to making important decisions about the net. They get to make decisions about our internet without us even knowing what they're discussing, and then tell us once the decision is made. But the really scary part, the countries pushing hardest for ITU control are the same countries that aggressively censor the internet. In Russia, making a YouTube video against the government can get you two years in jail. In China, you can't even get to most social media websites. And Iran is trying to build its own national internet and email network to keep the entire population under its control. And now, our administration, the current administration, wants to give it up to these guys to control around the world. You know, if I didn't read the Bible, I'd say that uh, somebody's probably got a plan here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the next thing you know, if one guy, you got it in one global entity, and if some guy hijacked that global entity, then he can control the whole thing, which means he can control what people buy and sell for the first time in mankind's history. It's all being promoted right now. In fact, they really are making sure that everybody on the planet is plugged into this matrix. Listen to this. They're now getting ready to do a couple upgrades on the internet, Okay. And one of the things that they're talking about is turn the internet into what's called the outer net, where they will use tiny satellites, and this is a direct quote, tiny satellites to, quote, take the whole world online. They will use what's called CubeSats, little tiny cube satellites, that will, quote, provide internet to every person on earth. Now, everybody can get into this matrix. Then they plan on taking it to the next step. After that, it's called UberNet. Listen to this. You get all the satellites around. Every person on earth is tied into this matrix. Listen, this will now provide an all-encompassing information environment where accessing the internet, this is a direct quote, accessing the internet will be effortless. It will be all tied together with mobile, wearable, and embedded computing. You know, like maybe something in your right hand or, or for, that's a direct quote. So you put it all together and, 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 and see, for those who refuse to love the truth, for those who don't want to hear this, for those who don't want to hear this kind of stuff and perish because they didn't want to listen, you won't get it. But for those who read the Bible, and you can see that the Bible says in the last days, the Antichrist is going to do this stuff. Cunningness and deceit, just like the devil, is how he's going to pull it off. Only the scripture tells you exactly why all this is happening the way it is. Because you put it all together, it goes like this. First, you create this universal matrix. You get everybody used to it and dependent upon it for just about anything, including buying and selling. Then you grab control over it on a countrywide basis. Then you eventually give it over to a global entity. Then you make sure that the technology truly encompasses the whole planet. Everybody's connected to it. And now all that's left is for one guy to hijack the whole system. And he can control what people buy and sell. This isn't 50 years down the road, folks. This is being put into place right now. Which leads us to the second way that we're being deceived. Okay, the plan's being deceived to receive this mark of the beast system is now with a universal ID. A universal ID. Now, this shouldn't be too much of a surprise. I'm not promoting this, by the way. But it shouldn't historically surprise us because remember what Hitler did with the Jewish people? He marked them. 
And a marking system is coming again. The Bible's very clear about this, folks. Only this time, it's electronic, okay? But again, you're thinking, well, why would he do this? Well, again, put yourself in the Antichrist shoes. You got this ultimate goal. You got to control the whole planet, specifically what they're going to buy and sell. Now, we just saw you've already, for the first time in mankind's history, provided this universal matrix system that provided the platform to control the buying and selling. But how are you going to connect people? How are you going to directly connect people to this platform so you can control their access to it? Well, thanks for asking, Jim. It works well with my nose. We'll get you your gum later. Uh, well, hey, I know. What, how about we issue everybody on the planet a universal ID card that they had to have with them at all times in order to access this matrix, in order to buy and sell. And if they didn't have that card, or if they weren't issued the card because they didn't do what you said to do, they'd be shut out of the system. Wouldn't that work? If you were the Antichrist. And folks, can I tell you something? That too is already not coming. It's already being put into place. There are calls even for here in America, not just calls. Most of us don't even know this. There's laws already passed that here in the United States, we're all going to have to have a universal ID card. Okay? It's called the real ID. Like a frog in a pot, we've been warmed up to this. Now, uh, a universal ID card, that does sound like Hitler. Show me your papers, right? And you won't be able to function in society without it. That's Hitler, right? They're doing it here in the United States under the guise of terrorism. 2005, we'll get to that in a second. Bush put that into play. Okay? But, but, but this isn't the first time, right? Uh, first of all, we've been warmed up to it again. Remember the Social Security card? For those of you who remember, when that was first put into place, it was for, quote, only to be used for tracking the individual accounts only for those enrolled in the Social Security program, and they promised it was never, ever, 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 ever to be used for ID purposes ever. Try functioning in America with that one now, right? So again, we get warmed up to it. In fact, listen to this. You, so talk about Social Security card. Remember, it's never supposed to be for ID purposes. You can hardly even do anything financially without one. Listen to this, 80% of the top banks and 96% of the top credit card companies use social security numbers for people to access their accounts. You can't even get into the finances without this number. That's never supposed to be for identity purposes, okay? But again, as far back as 2005, that was our warm-up. We're all used to that. Yeah, okay, so they lied, whoop-de-doo, right? 2005, President Bush put uh, into play the Real ID Act. And it was part of a military spending bill, just kind of tucked away in there. And what that was, was mandated electronic ID cards for every American to make sure that you're not a terrorist. Okay? Now, people have been scoffing about this for years. I remember t talking to the congregation up in New York when I passed it up there. People, oh, come on, Pastor Billy, you're an alarmist. Oh. Well, guess what? Next year, it's in full force. They kept putting in delays because people kept freaking out initially. But the freakout stage is over. And next year, it's coming into place. And without this universal ID card here in the United States, show me your papers. You will not, here's the first stage, you will not be able to board a plane. You will not be able to access government services without this universal ID. In other words, you want to function here in America? You have to get this universal card. Let's take a look.
In 2005, Congress passed the Real ID Act, which required enhancements to state-issued identification. It's a measure that goes into effect later this year. Real ID is a federally mandated new higher security ID like this one from Wisconsin. Note the star in the upper right-hand corner. It'll be added to the new Real ID compliant licenses issued in D.C. You'll need one to enter federal buildings this fall, and by 2016, they'll be required to board an airplane. Nevada was one of the first states to offer these real ID cards and they have been doing that since November of this year even though it's not federally mandated until 2016. So to apply for the real IDs you will need the original copies of your proof of identity like a passport or a birth certificate along with proof of residency and your social security card. Oh <laughs> I'm sorry Tom there's that number again that was never supposed to be used for identity purposes. You need to have that number to get this new improved card. But without this card, for the first time in American history, you will not be able to, you just heard, board a plane, get into a federal building, and listen, guess what now they're proposing? You won't be able to access the matrix. Quote, the new online ID system would allow the government unprecedented power to control your access to the internet. You know, where you buy and sell and finances. The White House dream, dated back several years ago, may soon become a reality. The idea was proposed by the current administration, listen, of a single secure online ID that Americans would use to identify their identity across multiple websites, uh, starting with the government services. Okay, you start right there. It's being called the driver's license for the internet. The driver's license for the internet. And it's going to go across all government services. Now listen to what you would not be able to access if you didn't have this universal card. Quote, you couldn't get food stamps. You couldn't get welfare. You couldn't file your tax returns. You couldn't register for a fishing license or any of those kind of licenses. It would run the gamut of all key government agency services and could work for any website and it would become an all-access token for the internet. Without this card, you couldn't access the matrix. Without this card, even here in America, well, you probably couldn't even buy and sell and get any food, could you? Oh, and we're not the only ones doing this. See, for those you don't want to hear, they perish. But for those who pay the attention to the Bible, it's cunningness and deceit in the last days. It's not just America's doing this. This is happening all over the world. We know now where it's headed because we read the Bible. The Bible says it's the Antichrist, Mark of the Beast system. European Union's doing the same thing. Not just here in America with Real ID. They're preparing to give its citizens universal identification so they can freely move about from country to country. Japan has already launched a compulsory system, which you have to, ID system. They call it JukiNet. It links all their citizens to a nationwide computer system. Germany is doing it too. So is Mexico, Africa, even Israel is getting in on it. And they're specifically being used uh, and promoted uh, by financial institutions. It's not just an identity card. They're taking all that, those cards, as we saw before, and they're taking them into one. MasterCard and Visa are helping to promote this around the countries. It's not just identity purposes. It's for buying and selling, too. Uh, uh, MasterCard is wanting to, quote, create a cashless economy for more effective governance around the world. The United Arab Emirates are making are putting forth a mandatory national ID card to replace bank cards. So again, it's being tied into the finances and their system is being developed to, quote, integrate their services for global use anywhere in the world. So now they're looking down the road, says, now I can use this one card, not just in this country to buy and sell and prove who I am. I can keep buying and selling wherever I go. 
And if you don't think that this mandatory ID card system to access the matrix isn't going global, um, listen again. Quote, globalists are calling for the entire planet to adopt a universal ID system. Anybody see where this is going? Globe, I'll read it again. Globalists are calling for the entire planet to adopt a universal ID system, listen, where a digital identity card is automatically issued to you at birth. You get a number the moment you're born. And this would allow you and to be used when you go to the hospital. These are direct quotes. When you vote, when you do your banking, or when you do your shopping. You know, buy and sell. What kind of a freaky world are we headed for? Anybody glad for Jesus Christ and we're not appointed unto his wrath in the seven-year tribulation? <laughs> no wonder he said this is the worst time in the history of mankind. You don't want to be there. But let's put it all together. You, don't, you, you fall for the cunningness and deceit unless you read the Bible. But you got to listen to it, right? Not run from it. You put it all together, this is what you come up with. First, you create with cunningness and deceit this universal matrix. You get everybody used to it, dependent upon it uh, for just about everything, including buying and selling. Then you grab control it. Then you get it over to a global entity. Then you create a universal ID card to connect people directly to it. And if they don't have this universal ID card, then they can't access, access the system. They become a non-citizen, and they can't even buy and sell. What's that sound like? That's the foundation for the mark of the beast, folks. It's being put into play right now. In fact, one guy said this. I love this quote. He says, do we really want to go down this road? He says, think about it. Identity cards can be lost, stolen, or forged. Quote, what's next? Permanently implant identity cards? Which leads us to the third and final one. That's exactly where it leads to, step by step, folks. It's heading towards a universal mark. Again, put yourself in the Antichrist shoes. You've got this goal of trying to control what people buy and sell on a global basis. You've already established this global matrix system. You provide the platform. Now the ID system to access this platform, okay, that you can control it now. But you've got another issue that goes on here. You've got to somehow get this card into their body parts, specifically their right hand and the forehead. How's that going to happen? Well, let's remind us, folks, that's what the Bible says, not me. Revelation 13, verse 16 through 17 says, He also forced, again, forced... This guy's going to have some leverage, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or his forehead. Why? So that no one could buy or sell unless he had that mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. So the Bible says there's going to be a universal matrix that the Antichrist, the false prophet, they're going to control. They're going to connect people with this, to this universal matrix, uh, uh, specifically with a marking system to control their buying and selling with a body part, specifically right hand and forehead. My question is this, how in the world is he going to get them to do that? I can see with cunningness and deceit, you could trick people into creating this global matrix that you're now dependent upon. I can see that. I can see you getting people, unfortunately, uh, who are, have been conditioned to not care about their freedoms and go along with the universal ID and all that stuff. But how in the world are you going to get people to do this? Put something, some mark on your body part in order to access the system? How in the world is he going to get people to do that? Well, folks, it's the same tactic that he's got. The first two stages already done. It's called fear. He knows human nature. He knows human history. People are more apt to surrender their freedoms in a time of fear, even if it's drummed up fear, than in a time of peace. And he's doing the same thing. You see, there's one problem. There's one fearful thing about all these electronic ID cards that they're pushing out on us. They're not secure. In fact, they're so not secure, unsecure, that it's created a new crime. 
It's called electronic pickpocketing. Tell me how secure these things are. Let's take a look. Speaking of protecting information, your credit card numbers could be stolen without you even using your credit card. Crooks are using high-tech scanning devices to grab your personal information as they walk right by you. Watch this. These people in a mall have no idea their credit card information is being stolen all at the same time, just by someone walking right by them. Luckily this time, it wasn't taken by a thief, but a security expert with the National Crime Stop program. They call it pocket surfing, electronic pickpocketing, crowd hacking. How's it happening? Chris Gelpin says it's something as simple as this scanner and a device to boost the power, all available online. It's the same type of technology that allows you to wave a credit card at a store with a chip like this on it and not input any other information. So this chip has all that information stored right there on your card. But a crook could come along with a backpack like this, have a scanner inside. It's just not safe. You might as well go ahead and post everything on a sign like this for everyone to see your name, the account number, and the expiration date. How fast does it work? In 15 minutes while walking through this Houston mall, Gilpin was able to snatch up credit card numbers from 39 people. Now, we're only showing the last four digits, but the crooks get it all. Accounts, codes, and PIN numbers. Security expert Walt Augustinowitz argues... It's like putting the bad guy inside your purse, inside your pocket. And he warns smartphones can also be programmed to steal the same information. He created this innocent-looking tic-tac-toe game as a disguise for the rogue app which is programmed to look for contactless cards. This is your card right here. And that's all Augustinowitz needs to buy stuff. Copying the data onto a hotel room key to show how he can now use it at this restaurant. Thank you. Appreciate it. If it's that simple, why are these cards allowed? We first checked with the Better Business Bureau of Northeast Florida. Tom Stevens says he's aware of the electronic thieves and says banks are as well. So you completely know about it. Not just the credit card companies, you absolutely know about this. Even the banks know about this. It's a serious security flaw, right? Why in the world are you pushing these cards? Well, before we answer that, I just want to put the nail in the coffin. Folks, these are so unsecure, and these are the things that they're pushing. Uh, you may already have one, as we saw last week, whether you want one or not. They're, they're mandating you got to get these new microchip cards. Okay, but ID cards, the same thing, all in, with the microchips. That's what they're pushing. But they're so unsecure, folks, that other companies are cashing in on it, and they're now offering scam-protected jeans, wallets, backpacks, and that's right, ladies, even nifty blazers that you could wear to protect your information. Watch this. And this is supposed to be secure? Yeah, all right. Watch. A lot of people assume that, hey, I shut my notebook, it goes to sleep, right? It's safe. It's not necessarily true. And same goes for a smartphone. Uh, even though your smartphone is asleep, there are certain tasks happening in the background. A hack shield can help prevent uh, information from being gleaned unwantingly. DOS Keyboard is bringing to market a backpack and a messenger bag in addition to a wallet that all incorporate hack shield to protect you and your personal data and information from wireless infiltration.
yeah, these babies are secure. Aren't you guys glad that they went ahead and switched them out on you, whether you wanted one or not? Now you got these microchip cards carrying away. Excuse me? Did you catch the part that it says it can be scanned from up to 30 feet away? You don't even have to be that close anymore. And granted, folks, maybe it's just me. Maybe the peas done roll out of my casserole a long time ago. Maybe I'm a french fry short of a Happy Meal. Maybe I actually have to work with interns who eat chicken behind my back. I'll give you that. <laughs> give me a break. If I can go out right now and buy scan-protected jeans, backpacks, wallets, and that's right, ladies, that work at Blazer to protect my cards. And it's being backed by Norton Security. I'm kind of thinking these things aren't that secure. How about you? So again, the ultimate question then is why in the world are they pushing this? Why are the banks pushing this? Why are the credit cards pushing this? Why is the government pushing these kind of microchip cards? Well, could you say create a crisis, you can manage the outcome? I think hopefully you know where it's going, folks. You see, if you get everybody used to accessing some sort of matrix system with these external ID microchip cards to buy and sell amongst other things, and then all of a sudden, oh no, we got a crisis. There's a horrible security flaw. What are we going to do to make these things secure? Hey, I know, Ruth. How about we just skip that whole microchip card thing altogether, and we put that microchip in your body somewhere, and then you never lose it. You couldn't be stolen, be so secure. Wouldn't that be great? Now, as we already saw, folks, people are already doing that. They're getting these microchip implants to make financial transactions. But 90% of citizens right now, latest survey, in six different countries said they would be willing, 90% in six countries, said they'd be willing to use their biometric information, their body parts. Okay, 90%. In fact, it's so weird. An ex-DARPA director, remember those guys? And Google Executive, both are working on brain chips. We'll get to that maybe in a couple of weeks. They are saying pretty soon, these microchips, you could either have them on you externally or internally, they're going to become the new way to authenticate yourself wherever you go. Here's what they got planned for us. Let's take a look. Well, we're thinking of a whole variety of options for how you could do better at authentication. So you can start with nearer-term things like uh, tokens or fobs that might have NFC or Bluetooth embedded in them. But you can also think about uh, a means of authentication that you could simply wear on your skin every day for a week at a time, say an electronic tattoo. So I, I'm wearing one here on my arm. Do we, do we have here. a camera to get a... This is a, devel this is a developmental system made by MC10. And it has uh, an antenna and some sensors embedded in it. And what we plan to do is work with them to advance a tattoo that could be used for authentication. Now, it may be true that 10 to 20-year-olds don't want to wear a watch on their wrist, but you can be sure that they'll be far more interested in wearing an electronic tattoo. And that can have a design, right? Because sure. they would certainly want some kind of cool design. Options, right? options. And that's something that you wear, but you could also imagine including authentication in just your daily habits. So I take a vitamin every morning. What if I could take vitamin authentication? What? Vitamin authentication. Look, I have one right here. Well, here, I'll let you hold it. Mm. Would you like to hold it? I'll hold it. Okay. <laughs> so this... You guys see it? This pill has a small chip inside of it with a switch. It also has what amounts to an inside-out potato battery. When you swallow it, the acids in your stomach serve as the electrolyte, and they power it up, and the switch goes on and off. 
and it creates an 18-bit ECG-like signal in your body, and essentially your entire body becomes your authentication token. It means that my arms are like wires, my hands are like alligator clips when I touch my phone, my computer, my door, my car, I'm authenticated in. First superpower, like, I want that. But, think of this. We obviously reject that because we know better. Put yourself in the world who knows nothing about the scripture and the younger generation who's being brainwashed that this is the way to go. Put yourself in all the churches across America who refuse to teach the Bible and specifically Bible prophecy so they don't know. And what did Paul say? They perish because they do not want to hear the truth. Okay? But let me get this straight. So you first create this universal matrix to get everybody dependent upon it for everything, including buying and selling. Then you grab control of it. Then you get over to a global entity. Then you create this universal ID card to access the system. But you purposely build in a security flaw so you can offer your ultimate goal. Hey, how about just taking this stuff on the outside of you and the inside of you? Mark your body to self-authenticate yourself. This is all being put into play right now. Not 50 years down the road. Right now. And that's why Jesus is always says this, Luke 21, when these things begin to take place, hey, Christian, <laughs> stand up, lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. That's good news. That means Jesus Christ is coming back to get us, his bride. Okay, it's getting close. We don't know the day and the hour, but it's getting close. So let's not get there empty-handed, amen? Let's get busy sharing the gospel, leading souls to Jesus Christ because that's why we're still here. But if you're here today and you're not saying, hey, I think it's pretty obvious, heed these signs, heed these warnings, give your life to Jesus now because you don't want to be a part of this antichrist system. Why do you think he has you here today? Most people on our planet today haven't had it spelled out for them like this. But God brought you here. He did it for you. Respond. Don't be left behind. Amen? We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. A world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. It is a big idea, a new world order, a world in which there is the very real prospect of a new world order. After 1989, President Bush kept said, and it's a phrase that I often use myself, that we needed a new world order. There is a chance for the President of the United States to use this disaster to carry out what his father, a phrase his father used, I think, only once, and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world order. So that the problem of the Bush presidency will be the emergence of a new international order. Within the next four years, we will see the emergence of a new international order. The beginning, order. the beginning of a new international order. The pieces are in flux. Soon they will settle again. Before they do, let us reorder this world around us. I think its task will be to develop an overall strategy for America in this period when really a new world order can be created. It's a great opportunity. It isn't just a crisis. It's about the future of Europe and a new world order. There's a need for a new world order, but it has different characteristics in different parts of 
of the world. But today, with Asia already outproducing Europe, India and China are clearly becoming part of our new order. We are now facing a common challenge. And the challenge is how to build a world order for the first time in history on a global basis. So, in conclusion, ladies and gentlemen, a new world is emerging. It is a new world order with significantly different and radically new challenges. The affirmative task we have now is, uh, is to actually um, uh, create uh, uh, a new world order. Good evening, everybody. President Obama and British Prime Minister Gordon today calling for a new world order to tackle our global economic crisis. And the president outlined his vision of a new world order in which the U.S. would participate fully. We've got to give them a stake in creating the kind of uh, world order that I think all of us would like to see. So I see a world order in the future with a multipolar world order. I think a new world order is emerging and with it the foundations of a new and progressive era of international cooperation. But in a globalized economy, we are going to have to take global responsibilities and there going to, is going to have to be some semblance of global governance. Never before has a new world order had to be assembled from so many different perceptions or on so global a scale. Nor has any previous order had to combine the attributes of the historic balance of power system with global democratic opinion and the exploding technology of the contemporary period. And I strongly believe India will be a central actor in the new world order. There also exists an extraordinary opportunity to form for the first time in history a truly global society. 2009 is also the first year global governance with the establishment of the G20 in the middle of the financial crisis. The climate conference in Copenhagen is another step towards the global management of our planet. New World Order is the headline in the Globe and Mail in Canada. Is this global governance at last? Is it one world, the central bankers in charge? But aren't we all just living and dying for what the central banks do? Of course we are. We are absolutely slaves to central banks. <laughs> Vice President Joe Biden calls the newest graduates of the Air Force Academy strategic thinkers as well as warriors and the future of the new world order. It allows us to refocus our intelligence and military assets and resources to other parts of the world where they are needed, where we face new challenges. This is the world you are graduating into. This is what I want to talk about today with you for a few minutes. I believe we, and particularly you, your class, has an incredible window of opportunity to lead in shaping a new world order for the 21st century in a way consistent with American interest and the common interest. During an event honoring the 223rd anniversary of Poland's constitution last night, Defense Secretary Chuck Hagel said we are seeing a new 21st century world order being built. And although there are conflicts and complications, there's still hope. I think what's more 
hopeful, and maybe than any other time in the history of the world, is that we have more opportunities, and more possibilities, and more resources. We meet here at a moment of testing for Europe and the United States, and for the international order that we have worked for generations to build. I congratulate you on taking your place on the long gray line. But the world is changing with accelerating speed. This presents opportunity, but also new dangers. It will be your generation's task to respond to this new world. Over the last two years, journalists and activists have been fighting a specific provision in the annual National Defense Authorization Act, or NDAA, through a lawsuit called Hedges v. Obama. It's called Section 1021B, otherwise known as the Indefinite Detention Clause, which gives the U.S. military the right to indefinitely detain U.S. citizens anywhere in the world, including right here in America. This not only attacks your First Amendment rights, it attacks your Fifth Amendment rights, your Due Process Clause, because this gives not the U.S. government, but the U.S. military the right to detain you and uh, indefinitely with no due process. Now, when I was in America, um, I don't often say this, but I might as well say it here tonight. My driver, who has carried all the prophetic preachers across America before me, told me, he said, every time we get to a bridge, you watch. And we went through 38 states in two and a half weeks, and every bridge we got, went near, there were men working underneath it, putting in steel girders. He said, that is for the United Nations tanks that are going to come in and take over America shortly. Is everybody clear what I'm saying tonight? This goes on tape. The whole of America will be inundated with the United Nations troops. In fact, they're training now. Heavy artillery rocked downtown Tampa today as military gunships and helicopters roared by the convention center. Now, this was all part of the annual Special Forces Operations Convention. And while it wasn't a real invasion, Chris Trankman says it looked about as real as it could get. This was different. Uh, this was a first for me. <laughs> Usually no one sees what we do. The display featured Apache helicopters speeding overhead, while bigger Blackhawk choppers carried highly trained operatives as part of a make-believe invasion. In the distance, they must travel to the target. The spectacle rivals any show. Listen to me like you've never listened to me, ever in your life. We have got to lay our lives down for the purposes of God. This is not a Sunday school picnic, the Church of Jesus Christ. This is not an invitation to have continuous good times. This is a war for the souls of men. Come out from among them. Run for your life. Because this is about your life. It's not just about an opposing theology or conflicting viewpoint on Jesus. This is about your life. My mind is forever branded with the story that I heard of police officers from the city of New York as, as people were fleeing from a crumbling building. There were police officers and firemen and others that were running towards the building saying, run for your life at their own peril. And in some cases, I believe they knew they were going to die, but there was a sense of duty. I was crying out to God. I said, God, oh, Jesus, don't let my sense of duty be less for your kingdom.
than these beloved firemen and policemen were for those that are perishing in the falling tower. We're living in a generation when truth is falling into the streets. I want to be among those that are not running away from the conflict, but running into the conflict and say, run for your life. Run from Gospels that focus only on success and prosperity. Run! Run from those who use the name of Christ only for his personal gain. Run from those that are picking your pocket in the name of Jesus. Run! Run from Gospels that only focus on self-improvement. Run! Run from churches where men and not Christ are glorified. Run! Run! Body of Christ, run! Get out! Don't touch the unclean thing. Run from churches in America and Canada where there is no Bible. There's no cross in the theology. There's no soul-searching word. There's no repentance from sin. There's no mention of the blood of Jesus. Run! It's unclean! Run! Run from churches where you're comfortable in your sins. If you come into the house of God and you've got sin in your life and you're not convicted of it, you're at a table of devils. Run from puppets that are filled with political men who are using the puppet of God for a personal political agenda. Run! Run from those who preach division between races and cultures. Run! Run! Get out! Turn it off! Get away from it! They know nothing of God. Run from ungodly, spasmodic movements and endless, empty prophesying. Beloved church, run for your life. Run from preachers that stand and tell stories and jokes. Run like you've never run before. Run! 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 Amen. All right. Well, check this guys out. Last week, you guys remember Bobby and Joey were trying to upgrade their jobs with the Air Force? Okay. Well, apparently the word got out. Mario, another one of our interns, wave Mario. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he decided to try to earn some extra cash too, right? And uh, so since this is Vegas, pay attention, guys. This is Vegas, and uh, he decides to capitalize on the tourism here, right? And, uh, and, and, and buy a horse and then rent out the horse for rides, right? Make some cash. Right? So Mario goes to his farmer and he buys a horse for about 250 bucks and farmer agrees to deliver the horse the next day. But the next day when the farmer arrives to Mario's house, he says, hey, I, I'm sorry, son, I'm sorry, but, but I got bad news. The horse died. Well, Mario's wife, Janet, started crying, right? And, and Mario simply says this, well, hey, just give me my money back. And the farmer says, I, I can't do it. I wouldn't spend it already. And so Mario said, okay, then just bring me the dead horse. And the farmer says, what are you going to do with the dead horse? And Mario says, I'm going to raffle him off. And the farmer says, you can't raffle off a dead horse. And Mario said, yeah, sure I can. Just watch me. I just won't tell anybody he's dead. <laughs> yeah. So a couple days later, the farmer runs into Mario again. He asks him, well, what happened to the dead horse? 
And Mario said, I raffled them off, just like I said. In fact, I sold 500 uh, tickets at $5 a piece. I made a profit of $2,495. And the farmer said, did anyone complain? And Mario said, just the guy who won, so I gave him his $5 back. <laughs> and Mario now works for the government. <laughs> wow. Congratulations, pal. But anyway, that's right. We're going to do those interns, man. But seriously, folks, believe it or not, did you know that Mario, unfortunately, praise God you're here, we're going to help you out. Uh, he's not the only one uh, doing things the world way, uh, taking shortcuts, thinking that somehow you're still going to come out on top. Okay? Believe it or not, the bulk of our planet is doing the same unfortunate thing, especially when it comes to Bible prophecy. And they laugh, they scoff, they mock, just like the world about God's warning that we're living the last days. You need to get saved before it's too late. And they, they think, ah, no big deal. I'm going to come out on top. It's all going to work out great. Woo! And bang, the day's coming. You're going to end up no better off than that dead horse. And it's going to be your fault. You had your chance, but you wouldn't listen. Why? Because, folks, we're headed towards a seven-year tribulation, this planet. It's an outpouring of God's wrath on this wicked and rebellious planet, and you don't want to be there. Again, Jesus said it's going to be a horrible time, the worst time in the history of mankind, okay? And that unless God shortened it to seven years, the entire human race would be destroyed. But praise God, God's not just a God of wrath. He's a God of love as well. And because he loves you and, uh, you and I, he gives us so many warning signs all over the scripture. It's there. It's been there for 2,000 plus years. You don't have to be caught off guard. He loves us. He wants us to know it's getting close. So that we can be ever watchful if we're saved, and if we're not saved, we can get saved right now. Because he loves us. That's why he gives us Bible prophecy. So in order to keep you and I here at sunrise from experiencing the ultimate bad day of being left behind, we're going to continue there in our study, the final countdown update. Now, we've already seen the first 11 updates on this study. That was the Jewish people, the Antichrist, modern technology, worldwide upheaval, the rise of falsehood, the rise of wickedness, the rise of apostasy, the rise of a one-world religion, a one-world government, a one-world economy. And last time, the big finale is, of course, the mark of the beast. And what we clearly saw, God predicted 2,000 years ago, okay, roughly, that when we see all the nations around this world promoting some sort of marking system specifically to be put into people's bodies that links them to a global matrix system that controls the buying and selling and then gives them the ability to make a financial transaction with the body part, guess what? <laughs> You're in the last days. That's exactly what's needed to pull off Revelation 13 and the mark of the beast. And we saw that ain't just coming, it's already being put into place. We saw that with the universal matrix system that's creating that system, i.e. the internet, the universal ID system that links people to this matrix system and a universal marking system that links people to the system of all things, a body part. A body part, isn't that wild? And that, of course, Tom brings us up now to the fourth way that people are being deceived into receiving the mark of the beast right now is the biometric proof. You see, and that's kind of where we left off last week. You see, you don't just have to be connected to this global matrix system, this mark of the beast system, that's a giant database that links everything on the world that controls all the buying and selling. Uh, you, you have to specifically be connected to it with your body part. And there's two specific body parts the Bible calls out. Okay, but don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God. So open your Bibles to Revelation 20. Revelation 20, we're going to read verses 1 through 4. Now, the context here as you turn there is at the end of the seven-year tribulation, the second coming of Jesus Christ, just before he gets ready to set up after that time, uh, the thousand-year millennial reign where Jesus Christ rules and reigns literally on this planet. It's going to be an awesome time. Okay, uh, we're going to see that uh, uh, an angel does something. Okay, something fantastic, and I hope we get to see it as the church. 
Okay, this is going to be great. But he mentions a reward for those who do not take the mark of the beast. Now, again, in the context, who he's talking about is not you and I here today as a born-again Christian, okay? Because we leave prior to the seven-year tribulation, okay? He's talking about the people who get saved during the seven-year tribulation because you can still get saved during the seven-year tribulation, but most of them are going to have their heads chopped off. The point is, get saved now and avoid the whole thing. But this is what the text says. Revelation 20 uh, verse 1 through 4, let's take a look at what's going on there. He says, And then I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss, and holding in his hand a great chain. And listen, I love this. He sees the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is who? The devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. Isn't that just like Satan? He wants us to overemphasize him, thinking he's so powerful, he's so incredible. And how many angels did it take to bind him? One angel from God. Keep that in mind. Keep it. He's serious. He's real. But one angel from God seized him. Okay? And he bound him for a thousand years. Now, he threw him into this abyss, and he locked it and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be set free for a short time, the final rebellion at the end of the seven year or at the millennial kingdom. Okay, then he says this now I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given a, authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been what? Beheaded. Good thing we see no signs of that as a form of capital punishment coming back. That's a whole other thing we never even got to deal with. That's big, folks. Beheaded 2,000 years ago. Decapitation. For who? Because of their testimony for Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark in their what? Foreheads or their hands. And they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. So clearly, according to our text, I think it's pretty obvious, guys, there's a great payoff for those who refuse to receive the mark of the beast, right? It says right here, you get a reward, and that reward is you get to literally rule and reign with Jesus Christ in the millennial kingdom when he renovates this planet back to Garden of Eden-like conditions. How many guys would say that's kind of cool? Okay, and then you flip it around. How many guys would say that's much better than going straight into hell forever for receiving the mark of the beast? It's kind of a good payoff. Yeah, slightly, okay? Uh, but, but, but again, uh, the Bible says that that's your incentive there for not doing it. And again, what's the context? Those who get saved after, unfortunately, the seven-year tribulation starts. You should get saved now and avoid the whole thing. So, but the question I have is you take a look at this. I mean, that's your con- here's your reward. Rule and reign with Jesus Christ. Awesome time. Woo! Burn in hell forever. Partake in the mark of the beast. How does the Antichrist get people to do this? Bible's very clear about this. And have you ever noticed even sometimes non-Christians know, even though they might mock and scoff at it, but they know there's a hell. In fact, some people, that, that's the one thing that keeps them from pulling the trigger and committing suicide. Because what if there is a hell? There's a hell. There's a hell. And there is a hell. Right? But even though, so how does the Antichrist get people to risk this horrible destiny going to hell? How does he get them to compromise? How does he give them to give in? Well, I think the clue is there where it says this mark is. It says right there, it's in your forehead or it's in your hands. We're going to see later specifically, obviously, the right hand. And so this tells us the Antichrist at some point, listen, how close are we getting? We don't know the day. We don't know the hour. But how close are we? At some point, if this is going to come to pass, the Antichrist not only has to condition our planet into creating a global matrix system that controls all the buying and selling, He has to get people used to being linked to this system 
okay? Uh, but he has to, at some point, get people used to the idea of specifically being linked to this system with a body part. And then he has to specifically narrow it down to two options, the right hand specifically and the forehead, right? That should tell us how close we're getting. Don't know the exact day nor the hour, but that tells us how close. And I don't know about you, you know, me and Cheryl, but man, it's a good, good thing that we see no signs of people uh, using their body parts to identify themselves and make financial transactions today. This has got to be a long ways off. We can goof off, Jim. Woo! It's happening all over the place. Not just the matrix, not just being connected to it, body parts now. In fact, the word for it's out there. It's all in the media, right? Like Robert was saying in Sunday school, it's, the media tells you what they're doing if you know what to look for. And the word for this, Mark of the Beast system, is called biometrics. When you see that word in the media, biometrics, supplant it with Mark of the Beast, because that's what's going on. As we saw before, one world religion, when you see the buzzwords coexist, interfaith, interfaithism, supplant it for what it is. That means they're pushing for a one world religion. When you see terms like new world order, global governments, what's that? That's one world government. When you see terms like smart TV, smart guns, smartphones, smart this, smart that, smart fridges, all that stuff, what do you supplant it with? Big brother, big brother technology. That's what that is. And when you see this word in the media, in the print, all over the place, and boy, is it there now with all these cybersecurity scares. Biometrics. What is biometrics? Biometrics is linking your body parts to a database which is what you need for the mark of the beast. And that brings us to the first way that we are being conditioned with modern biometrics to end up with the mark of the beast, and that is the database proof, okay? And this is what they're working on, folks. It's not just they create this global matrix system, and they're not just getting us uh, connected to it that will track us and identify us and give us access and all that stuff, but they are using this also to buy and sell. In fact, these uh, 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 databases, they already know what we buy and sell, which if you're the Antichrist, you need to know that too. If you're going to control the buying and selling, you need to know what people are attempting to buy and sell. Well, they've already got these databases, okay? Now, we saw before, uh, those are huge mega databases, uh, databases already in existence. I'm not going to go through the whole thing again. We dealt with that in the Big Brother issue. But just to let you know, right now, folks, as we sit here 24 hours a day, they're already gathering and storing information on you and I from credit card transactions, magazine subscriptions, telephone numbers, real estate records, car registrations, fishing licenses, you name it. Oh, and by the way, we saw also with your computer, they're monitoring all your emails, they're monitoring all your phone calls, they're monitoring everything you search online. Uh Uh-oh, is the key word there. And because of that, right now, not 50 years down the road, right now they can provide a full profile on every single one of us, myself included, right down to whether we own a dog or a cat, we enjoy camping or gourmet cooking, read books, what kind of books, including the Bible, what your occupation is, what car you drive, what videos you watch, what favorite vacation spots you have, and how much food and gas we buy, and exactly what kind of food we buy. What we sell, what they all—it isn't just that they got databases; they already have databases that they know specifically everything about us, including what we buy and sell. Two thousand years ago, the Bible said the Antichrist is going to need it, and it's here right now. Now, databases are just step one. We know biblically, as we just read, somehow, some way, you're going to have to get people not just linked to it; you're going to have to get them linked to it biometrically, with your body part, right? Okay. And uh, let's take a look at how far these databases, biometric databases, 
are being implemented and pushed on you and I today. And again, as we saw before, it's because of all these crises going on, these security issues. We need to find something more secure than just that crazy pin number. How about that finger that you're poking in that? How about, watch this. And there's a multitude of ways that we as taxpayers are paying to have us tracked with our body parts. Let's take a look at just a few of them. First of all, biometric databases, they're not just being pushed. But as we saw last week, the current administration is pushing for a national biometric ID card, okay, for all Americans to access the system. The FBI has already spent $1 billion, not million, $1 billion to build the world's largest database of people's biometrics, i.e. body parts, which will allow them to identify individuals in the United States and abroad. The Pentagon spent $5 billion in just three years to develop biometric systems that can identify you, listen, wherever you are without you ever even knowing it, all with just your body parts. Okay, let's see some of the ones that they're working on. Okay, they're called biometric programs. You and I are paying for this, and they're doing it on all kinds of body parts. Let's take a look at that. First of all, your ears. Listen up. Okay, in 2010, a group of British researchers uh, used a process called image ray transform to shoot light rays at your ear and then convert those images into a series of numbers marking the image as your own. They can track you now by your ears. And, and I'll say the obvious thing if you guys have seen some pictures of my family in the Midwest, it's easy to track them. <laughs> they could probably pick up satellite and cable TV with those ears, too. But anyway, I digress. Uh, and it's said that if the trend continues, uh, it may even be possible to develop ear scanning in a way that is more reliable than fingerprint scanning. Isn't that wild? Okay, that's just one project. They also are doing odors. Yeah, this kind of stinks, Orson. Listen to this. Uh, in the early 2000s, oh, there they are again. DARPA worked on a project called the Unique Signature Detection Project, which sought ways to detect people by their smell. Turn to somebody and say, you stink. Are you being tracked? It's a good stink. What are you guys stuck? Anyway, uh, anyway, and identify them literally based on their smell. It's called the distinct scent. Okay, it's also called the primary odor, and they believe it's linked to people's genetics. Each one of us have a distinct stink. And they're using that to track us, okay? Then in 2010, the Army started working on uh, tracking us by our sweat. And they awarded a contract to a California security firm uh, to develop software that can use sensors to recognize abnormal perspiration. So when you're in lines, smile. Don't get nervous. As well as changes in body temperatures. Why? To determine harmful intent. And they plan on using them at border patrols, surveillance scenarios, interrogations, and even at businesses and shopping centers. Okay? Stock up on the deodorant. And the sensors can read your sweat from 150 feet away. As one guy said, if you watched that airplane movie, apparently, uh, if you're freaked out about the idea of sweat scanners, now might be a time for a cold shower. Sweat? They track anybody? You smell? Your ears? Your smell? That's not all. How about hearts? Researchers at Vaud Engineering, who also work for DARPA, uh, and, and launched a program, Biometrics from a Distance program, have developed heart radars, believe it or not, heart radars that are so sensitive they can even detect minuscule chest movements from a hundred, hundreds of yards away, and even reinforced concrete or electromagnetic shielding will not stop these radars. So they can track you just by your distinctive heart. Uh, movement, okay, even through walls, okay? That's not all. How about voices? This is getting kind of creepy. Uh, Speech Pros, that's a company here in the U.S. that has a technology called Voice Grid that automatically recognizes a person's voice. Listen, recognizes your voice on a citywide scale, countywide scale, statewide scale, quote, national level. 
And if all of our conversations are being recorded on the phone, then they've got all kinds of, and they could pick out our voice anywhere nationwide. If they can't get you by your smell or what, all that stuff. It's already being used in Mexico for, quote, law enforcement to collect, store, and search for hundreds of thousands of voice prints. So they're tracking you by your voice, okay? And guess what? Hey, that's right. The NSA is also taking an interest in this technology here in the U.S. Isn't that reassuring? But that's not all. They also have biometric gates, okay? After 9-11, DARPA, again, made gate recognition, i.e. the manner in which you walk, okay? Uh, one of their cornerstones of their TIA, or Total Information Awareness Counter-Terror Program. And one of the devices they're using to do this is your cell phone. Listen to this. It turns out that Androids and iPhones have accelerometers in them to measure how far, how fast, how much force an object moves, which includes you carrying that cell phone. Isn't that neat? And if you didn't have a cell phone, what's the latest rage? All those little fitness things that tells you how far you... Those can track you. Listen to this. And by using the accelerometer sensor in the cell phone, they are now able to capture a person's walking pattern to identify people even without him or her knowing. And they're getting a lot of mileage out of the cell phone. That's why one guy says, you can run, but with a phone in your pocket, it's going to be harder to hide. Listen to you, watch you, identify you, even by how you walk, by carrying that around. Then, of course, here's the big one. It's called the DNA, okay? In, in the past, DNA testing used to take months to perform, but now there's new programs. This is just one of them called Rapid Hit. This is able to scan your DNA in less than 90 minutes, and the Pentagon wants them. Why? Well, of course, we've got to fight off that terrorism thing, right? So now we need everybody's DNA, and that's what they're pushing for. Ever since the missing Malaysian Airlines Flight 370, guess what they're calling for? We need biometric passports because this can never happen again. So now we need to have biometric passports around the world. Sounds like you create a crisis, manage the income. And they say that with everyone's DNA, we can not only analyze DNA from everything from cigarette butts to clothing, but they could actually reconstruct the image of the person committing the crime from the DNA. Right now you got to say, well, it looks like a match, but you still don't know who it is. They actually have progressed it so far that with just a tiny little minuscule sample of DNA, they can use that to reconstruct the person's image. Watch this. A new technique using DNA that might give scientists the power to solve cases that have gone cold. Cases like the double murder of a South Carolina mother and her three-year-old daughter that happened four years ago. Still a mystery. Some scientists believe a suspect's physical traits can be recreated from a speck of blood or a strand of hair. And it's called snap shot technology. Right, right. How does so, it work? How right, would so they the use Paragon it? company says that they can look at a part of the DNA sample and really just like tiny, tiny bits of it to identify traits that are from any person, like hair, eye color, freckles, uh, skin color, ethnicity, and so, so things that would kind of build a profile for a, a person. They actually take this and they turn it into an image of a person and we all know that computers never make mistakes so if they came up with a sample and they built your face on it what are you gonna say oh it gets worse than that check this out uh this ability to recreate the image of a criminal or a terrorist is going worldwide russia right now if you're paying attention to the news folks is building the world's first dna data bank quote of all living things Watch this. It's being called the Noah's Ark of Biometrics. It's set to be completed by 2018 to, quote, enable us to cryogenically freeze and store various cellular materials which they can reproduce. 
Not making it up, but go check it out. Uh, and you put this together with what we've seen before. First, we have Bill Gates' mysterious seed vault in the Arctic, storing all the seeds around the world. Now we have Russia storing the DNA of all humans and all animals in the world. How many guys would say, do you know something that I don't know? What? What kind of world are we headed for? Okay, in fact, speaking of things not looking good, all this retrieval of our biometric information from our voice to our head to our ears to our odors to our sweat to our DNA, even how we walk, you name it, folks, gives the powers that be not only the ability to track, monitor, and locate, recreate your image wherever you go, but they can even now use this against us to make us do things we never even did, and we have no defense. Like this guy. This is real. Watch this. Ieder van ons heeft naast zijn gewone leven vandaag de dag ook een online leven. Mag ik je voorstellen, mijn nieuwste vriend, Tom de Grote. Tom zit sinds 2010 op Facebook. Hij heeft bijna 700 friends, waaronder sinds kort ik dus. Hij is 35 en woont sinds jaren en dag in Brugge. Daar heeft hij ook Sophie leren kennen. Zijn het geen schatjes? We stuurden hem een phishing mail, zogezegd in naam van zijn echte bank, met de vraag om enkele gegevens te bevestigen. Eens door die hebben volstaat nog één neptelefoontje om zo zijn rekening leeg te halen. Maar ik... Ik ben iets anders van plan. Want intussen ken ik Tom immers zo goed dat ik niet zijn bankrekening ga overnemen, maar... zijn leven. Letterlijk. Tot snel, Tom. Zo, je meent tussen al goed in zijn vuil te voelen. Tijd voor een testje. Ja, we gaan eens dag zeggen aan Krieke, de baas van zijn stamcafé. Daar is Tom kind aan huis, dus ik ook. Toch? Hé, hey, Krieke! West! Benieuwd hoe hij zal reageren als hij zichzelf, of beter gezegd mij, tegenkomt op Facebook. Good afternoon, sir. Sorry to bother you. This is Jimmy from the Harp Hotel in London. Uh, yeah? Yeah, we got your online reservation uh, for four rooms. Uh, excuse me? I didn't, uh, I didn't make a reservation. A few days ago, I had my children's dream found a beautiful antique harp. But we didn't pay for it. There you have friends for Ah, dag meneer de Grote. Terug. Ja. Staat hij daar goed? Wat is dat? Alsjeblieft. Wat is dat? Dat is die harp die ik hier juist geleverd heb voor, uh, voor u. Ah, Tom, ik heb hier juist getekend. Ook, en waar is mijn handteken? Hier. Hij moet dat doen. Hij heeft er al een gebeld vanuit Londen uh, dat je met een dermamefisakkaart ding besteld zijn. Ja, dat weet ik niet. Ik weet dat ik hier gewoon dit hier heb afgeleverd. Je hebt hier juist afgetekend. Wat heb je juist afgetekend? Meen Ja? En wie was dat? Hoe zag die man eruit? Uh, dat was jij. Simpel. Ja, dat was ik. Ik heb ook wel wat eruit zien. Ben ik hier niet geweest? Je mag die harp weer meenemen. Dat is... Kijk, ik dat niet... Kijk, je dat niet vraagt. Ja, maar ik mag die niet meenemen. Dat... Ja, wat hè? Oeh. 
geschikt om Belg de Vrij. Wacht. Is dat deze? Ja. Beste Tom. Tom hier. Aangenaam. Heel je leven staat online en voor je het weet neemt iemand zoals ik het van je over. Hé, hey, maar dat is frieken. Dat is frieken. That is freaky. And that's just an example of what they can get off of us online, as we saw before. Now add to it the biometrics. Now you got my voice, you got my sweat, you got my odor, you got how I walk, how I talk, you got even my DNA. And boy, you talk about the ultimate tool to get rid of somebody, huh? Using their biometrics. You can have people commit all kinds of crimes and never even did. All of it possible for the first time in mankind's history. But the point is this, folks. We don't just have the databases that are controlling, monitoring what people are buying and selling. We have databases now that are being pushed to, you need to get linked to this system with body parts. That's huge, okay? But that's not all. It leads to the second one. The second way modern biometrics are conditioned to receive the actual mark of the beast is the head proof, okay? Because we already saw the text there. According to the Bible, if you're going to control people with this matrix system and get them connected to it to control what they buy and sell, you don't just have to get linked to it. You've got to specifically get linked to it with a body part. And so let's take a look at, again, what those body parts specifically were. And this is in Revelation 14, 9 through 10. If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark, where? On the forehead or on the hand. He too will drink of the wine of God's fury, which will be poured out in full strength into the cup of his, i.e. God's wrath. In other words, don't take it. Okay, again, get saved now and avoid the whole thing, but that's the point, okay? But it mentions there the first option, if you will, that people are going to have, unfortunately, during that time frame, they rejected Jesus Christ, their Savior, they're thrust in there. Somehow, if they're still even alive after all the calamities, and they're thrust with this decision, your first option is you can take this mark in your head. And again, I'm so glad that we see no sign of people being identified, let alone buying and selling or making payments with their head. How about you? Yeah, that's already here as well. Watch all the things they're pushing you and I to do with our heads. First of all, there's eye scanning, which how many guys can verify that your eyes are on your head? All two of you, praise God. Okay, eye scanning is not just a current reality, but eye scanning is not coming, it's already here. It's all over the place, folks. It's being deployed in schools, airports, where? Banks, you know, finances, buy and sell. Government facilities, it's just about everywhere. In fact, countries around the world are using eye scanning at border crossing. Major companies are now requiring it for building access, data access like Google, Bank of America. Again, another financial institution. And now it's coming to your phone. You ever wonder why they call it the iPhone? Apple has already got an app out called ID Biometric Password Manager, and soon they are talking about, well, we'll just put it into the phone automatically, in your iPhone or your iPad, okay? And in fact, eye scanners are becoming so popular that in case you don't have an iPhone or iPad, uh, you can buy your own. One of them is called Myris, and they're pushing this to be able to be used as a tool to scan your eye, your head, to unlock your whole digital world. Let's take a look. There's got to be a better way than this. A jumble of numbers and letters we memorize and then forget. But we're told over and over that if we want security, we have to sacrifice convenience. Not anymore. Introducing Myris by iLock, 
the Iris Identity Authenticator that lets you access your entire digital world. No more usernames, no more passwords. Myris converts your individual Iris characteristics to an encrypted code that is unique only to you. It matches that code to grant you access to your computer, e-commerce sites, social networks, and data all in less than one second. Finally, there's a better way, and it's as easy as looking in a mirror. Myris, instant, secure access to your digital world. No usernames, no passwords. Awesome. All you got to do is just scan your head. Now, for those of you who don't appreciate this great convenience upon us, okay, uh, you might soon have to. Anyway, that is if you want to board an airplane. Look at what they just installed here in Vegas at McCarran. It's called Clear. How are you going to get cleared for takeoff? Biometrics. Let's take a look. And on behalf of the Clark County Commission, I would like to today present you with this proclamation welcoming Clear to McCarran International Airport. At CLEAR, we really use uh, biometric technology to speed you past the lane. So what's in it for the travelers is really speed through the security um, process, through the security checkpoints, and a VIP concierge level of treatment at the airport. So we call this the ATM of identity. We have fingerprint readers as well as iris scanners. So we take an iris uh, image, um, we capture a picture of your iris, and we use that to say you are who you say you are. We match it up with your passport and your driver's license so that we can confirm you are who you say you are. You are clear. Hey, I wonder if that's the sound bite the Antichrist would use. You can buy and sell. You're clear. All being put into play. Oh, but that's just, again, your eyes. Uh, how many guys can also verify that your face is on your head, too? If I don't get more than two, I gotta, we got a revival of something needs to bust out. But anyway, okay, thank you. I got four. All right. Uh, thanks to the efforts of Facebook. Oh, boy. How many times have we talked about this? Other social networking sites that encourages us to what? Upload your face, huh? Upload your images, images of others. You know, like happened to that guy we saw in the example. Uh, trillions, not billions, trillions of facial images are already in databases all the world, and they're going up every day. And various authorities are using them right now to track, find, monitor, and trace people in the world with facial recognition software. Okay, pay attention, folks, including Facebook's doing it, Google's doing it, and once again, the NSA. And believe it or not, Facebook has launched a new program that they've called DeepFace, Okay, and this is what they're doing with all of our photos. They're using them to find any person in a crowd with a 97 plus percent accuracy. Oh, I thought they weren't supposed to. And that's the program that's being. And the NSA is tapping into these images for their own surveillance, and even the news has admitted it. Watch this. The National Security Agency is collecting a massive trove of images that it intercepts over social media, emails, and texts, some which are so clear it can use them in its facial recognition operations. According to the New York Times, top-secret NSA documents indicate that the spy agency's global facial recognition technology has seen huge growth in the last four years. Millions of images are intercepted per day, only adding to the huge database of personal information that government can have on individuals, both American and foreign. Here's what most people want to know. What qualifies as a target, and how do average Americans know they're not getting caught up in it? Listen, um, I've been working in this area for 40 years, working with governmental agencies. Everybody's a target. Uh, if you appear to be an extremist, you say the thing, wrong thing on Facebook, you're going to be watched. But the key here is with this facial recognition software, 
they're going to be able soon to, and they're admitting it, uh, to uh, create 3D images of human bodies, almost holographic images. Uh, they're working with a Google subsidiary called PitPat, which is going to help them analyze the data. And uh, Facebook, by the way, has a program called DeepFace, which now they claim that uh, when they look at a crowd, if they're looking for your face, 97.25% of the time, they're, it, it, they can accurately pick you up. Wow, so Google and the NSA and Facebook, they're all working together, and they tricked us into uploading all these images, and they're using it against us. And Did you notice it was a global facial recognition software? Global facial recognition software. That's not all. Uh, they also are giving just, you know, got to get make sure it's down below in case you don't want to be on Facebook. They're still going to get your head. Uh, they're starting to give out police uh, facial scanners to scan your face in public, and it's all being tied together with pre-existing surveillance systems for even greater surveillance through our webcams, cameras, and computer systems. Listen, not just to identify us, but even tell, listen, I guess I want to show you an example of how far this facial recognition software will go. It doesn't just identify you as a person. It will, quote, tell what you're thinking and what kind of emotional state you're in. Watch this. We might soon have to take the phrase poker face and consign it to history because there's now technology that can tell what you're really thinking from the expression a camera captures on your face, reading joy, sadness, surprise or anger or any combination of emotions, allowing marketers and business to read your mind and see what really makes you buy. We have heard the expression it was written all over his face. Now, the technology that reads that story. We're in the business of, of what's called facial coding. Using the camera on your phone, tablet or laptop, this cutting-edge software interprets your emotions, mapping the minute movements of your eyes when you smile, your mouth when you gasp, or the furrow of your brow when you are confused. This pink line is the amount of happiness they're showing. So you're checking how happy? I turn to somebody and say, don't sweat. And smile wherever you go. Folks, this is the kind of society we're headed for. Okay? And here's the point. It looks to me like every single person on the planet can not just be accurately, specifically identified, tracked, and linked to a database system, but with their head. With their head. Okay? Absolutely amazing. Okay, but uh, it's making George Orwell uh, look like chump change. But you might say, well, listen, Pastor Bill, that's just, uh, that's just tracking. That's just linking them to a, a database. The Bible says specifically if it's going to be the mark of the beast system, then they need to use their head not just for being linked, but to specifically buy and sell stuff. And nobody's using their head to buy and sell. Yes, they are. I'm going to show you just one of the systems out there because there's more than one that's encouraging people to use your head to make a payment. One of them is called Eaze, E-A-Z-E, -E, you can check it out yourself, and it combines Google Glass, which you wear on your head, with Bitcoin, the electronic currency, and just with a nod of your head, you can make a payment today, right now. Watch this. The entire world is at our fingertips, and we are always close to people we care about. Technology helps us. It's tailored to our wishes, removing friction instead of adding it, so we can spend less time on the things we don't like, and more time on things important to us. Ease makes it, well, easy to pay for big, everyday, or those special purchases. And Ease makes accepting payments just as easy. Enjoy life. Take it easy.
use ease. We make payments frictionless using cutting-edge technologies that are available to us now. Starting with nod to pay using bitcoins and glass to enable payments hands-free. Ease. Looking forward. Yeah, looking forward to helping create the market of the beast. Isn't that exciting? Wow, what an advertisement. Let's close in prayer. Not 50 years down the road, right now, our culture is making payments with a nod of their head. It's not coming, it's here. That's how close we are. And if you don't think this nodding to make a payment with your head is going to catch on, listen to this. China has already, and this is going global, China has already instituted a facial recognition system, you know, your head, to make online purchases, and it links uh, their uh, uh, credit cards and their bank accounts in order to do that. A British company called FaceBanks, okay, has done the same thing, launching their own version of an online facial recognition system to buy and sell as well. And Apple is getting uh, in on it with a new app that they have for your head. And believe it or not, with this new app, listen to what you will be able to do with your phone. With just the tilt or nod of your head, you can trigger a wide range of inputs to your device. Uh, for instance, head bobbing can be used for text input commands or to create a scroll event or even control your music just with a nod of your head and what young whippersnapper wouldn't like to have that app and the next thing you know and i'm sure you could use it to buy and sell because what's something apple's pushing right now we'll get to it in a second it's called apple pay apple pay make payments with apple oh and by the way uh how many of you guys wear glasses glasses are cool glasses are nifty but they fall off your head or you can lose them as we saw with the ease, how about if we just skip the whole glass thing and we just go to a chip inside the head? As we saw before, Google is promoting that as well. Google chip to put in your head that works just like Google Glass. I don't know about you, but anybody starting to see where this is headed? Pun intended. Interesting. One more to go. The third way we know that biometrics is leading towards the mark of the breeze. You got uh, some, something else going on there. You got the hand proof. That's your other option there. Let's take a look at another passage that clearly tells us specifically which hand that's going to be. Re Revelation 13, verse 16 through 17, he also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his what hand? Not left, right hand, or on his forehead. Why? So that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark. So according to the Bible, ultimately all this biometrics, all this linking yourself to a database, all this ability to make purchases with body parts is going to get narrowed down by the Antichrist to two places. One, your head, which we already saw is happening, and number two, specifically with your right hand. And it's a good thing we see no signs of people using their hands to identify themselves and make payments. Yeah, it's happening too, uh, in a big scale. Let's take a look at that. Uh, first of all, fingerprint scans. How many guys can verify your fingers on your hand? Hey, you're actually starting to catch on. All right, yeah. Uh, and they're obviously already out there, but they're being used right now around the world to uh, access your computer, buildings, parks, uh, phone. That's huge on phones. Okay, uh, even up to 20 feet away, you don't have to have your finger there, uh, right next to it, by the way. And 76% of 16 to 24-year-olds polled said this, quote, I would be happy to adopt biometric security systems when making what? Payments. The younger generation loves this stuff, okay? Uh, they're totally open to it. And again, Apple is behind the push. Right now, Apple wants you to store your fingerprint in its cloud system. 
Not just the data, but your biometric body parts, okay? Uh, and not just to access the system, but to make financial transactions as well. They've combined it with their Apple ID system with their new payment system called Apple Pay. This is a direct quote. To make paying for things as simple as the swipe of a finger, which is on your hand, step by step. And by the way, has anybody ever noticed Apple's logo? You got to bring this up, Okay. Uh, as you can see, it's an apple, but it's an apple with a bite taken out of it. You know, like the Garden of Eden. Unless you think that's really what they're going back towards, uh, you need to pay attention. Here's an early advertisement for Apple computers. Uh, as you can clearly see, it's depicting a Garden of Eden scenario and, and mentioning even Adam. So their logo is the, you know, Eve, when she sinned, took a bite. That's their logo, okay? And if you don't think that is, here's the Apple executive, Jean-Louis Gosset, uh, and he admitted, quote, the symbol of lust and knowledge, like the Garden of Eden, rebel against God. Do it differently. Do it, listen to Satan. Do it Satan's way. Do the Antichrist way, and you will be like God, okay? That's their logo. But be that as it may, Apple's already called the kingpin of electronic payments due to its stockpile of credit card data to the tune of 800 million accounts through its app store and iTunes, making thousands of transactions every day around the world. And listen, now Apple wants you to switch to making those payments with your hand. Okay? Interesting. And Apple's not the only one promoting fingerprint payments. Okay? It's all over the world. Right now, thousands of cash machines are being rolled out in Japan and Poland, other countries like you wouldn't think of, even like Turkey. And it's to use to, quote, negate the need of a debit card and a pen. All you need is your finger. Uh, Bank Muscat, that's in the Saudi and Arabian Peninsula area, has now announced a new biometric fingerprint scanning system that also works with the national ID card system over there. <gasps> Wait a second, didn't we see that last week? It was a theory. You first get used to having to carry a national ID card, and then you could just skip that whole card thing, and now you can just use your hand. Country's already doing it, folks. Okay, then it's not just fingers, it's your hand. How many guys can verify that your hand is on your hand? We'll pray for the rest of you. Let's move on. Hand scanners are not only currently at businesses, airports. We just saw that. The other thing with uh, clear here in Vegas, it's your eye, but also your hand. Okay, uh, to grant you access, but hospitals are promoting these things big time with palm scanners that identify patients by name, even retrieves their personal medical records. And now that the government has taken over the healthcare system, I'm sure they wouldn't mandate some biometric method in order to go to the hospital or to retrieve your records or to get care or to make payments, would they? And if you believe that, I still got some swamp land. We'll talk later. Uh, and just like the Bible predicted, hand payments are becoming a necessity in making payments. They're already there. It's not just for identity. It's not just re retrieving records. It's to buy and sell. Here's one called Pulse Wallet. Hey guys, I'm Andrew Dimbert for Buzz60. A new technology called Pulse Wallet syncs your credit card to the palm of your hand. Using a biometric palm reader, this cardless payment service allows you to pay by simply scanning your veins, giving a whole new meaning to blood money. Pulse Wallet seems to have the upper hand on other NFC payment systems. For example, unlike Google Wallet, where you scan your phone for payment, Pulse Wallet doesn't require you to present anything to make a transaction, other than yourself. Something tells me it will have businesses eating out of the palm of its hand. Interesting from that punny, punny guy. Wait a second, did you guys catch that in the video? 
I mean, first we're getting used to making payments with your phone, but what he says is the next latest, greatest thing. How about skip the whole phone that you carry in your hand thing and just use your hand? It's the exact same thing. It's exactly what we talked about last week. It's already being put into play. And they say, if all goes to plan, this will be the new login method that could be used from anything to accessing your PC and even, quote, swiping your hand across the scanner to pay for shopping. Wouldn't that speed up that Walmart line? That's a direct quote, folks. This is what they're saying we're headed for. And it will eliminate the need to carry credit cards, issue receipts, or even carry a wallet because it's all stored in the cloud. Or when you need it. Wow. Wow. Oh, and by the way, these hand payments are going global, folks. They're not just here in the U.S. They're all over Europe, Asia, and even Sweden. Remember what Sweden's doing right now? They're going cashless. Well, how are you going to pay? Well, watch this. They just come out with a new system called Quixer that will, quote, making paying for things much more faster and secure and forget the need to carry a wallet because all, quote, all you need to pay now is your hand. This is wild. Check this out. I'm about to authorize a credit card payment using one of the most secure methods around. It's a system called Pulse Wallet. It has an infrared camera in there which scans the vein pattern in my hand. The technology, developed by Fujitsu, is already in use in cash machines in Japan and Brazil. I got the idea when I was in line at the supermarket and I saw that uh, to pay is a quite complex and uh, process that takes a lot of time. So I thought that there, there must be an easier way to pay and, uh, and a quicker way to pay. And that was the start of Quickster. You hold your hand above the sensor uh, and a transaction takes less than five seconds. So it's a very quick payment solution. I think it's really good. Um, it's easy when I, when I don't have my wallet with me, I can use my hands. Two thousand years ago. The Bible said one day you're going to see a system arrive on this planet and it's going to go global. And somehow, some way, as wild as it must have been to the prophet John, how is one guy going to control all the buying and selling on the planet? And how in the world are they going to make those transactions with their head or their right hand? Oh, by the way, in all those hand scenarios, did you see which hand is already being used? It's almost like somebody's following a script or something. Excuse me? Folks, this is not, I, I keep saying this, this time around on our final countdown study, this is not coming. This is already here. That's the difference. We don't know the day nor the hour, but man, is it getting close. And that's why in closing, Jesus says, folks, every single time, Luke 21, 28, when these things begin to take place, you're even seeing people make payments with their head in the right hand. You better stand up. You better lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Folks, we're getting ready to go home if you're a born-again Christian. Okay? Praise God. But let's not get there empty-handed. Let's get busy working together as God's team, letting people know there's one way out of this mess. It's right there, the cross of Jesus Christ. But if you're here today and you're not saved, I don't know your heart. Only God does. But please don't be fooled because this is not a game. If Jesus Christ truly is not your Lord and Savior, you will be thrust into this horrible time frame. And if somehow you could even survive all the calamities, the Bible is clear that at the end of the seven-year tribulation, there's going to be an angel harvest. And the angels of God are going to sweep up all the unrighteous, those who still, even after all that, 
refused to accept Jesus Christ their Savior and instead took the mark, you will be scooped up by the angels and thrown into hell. Don't be left behind. And when we're out here in Vegas this week, keep that in mind, Christian, because those people around us who don't know Jesus, that's their reality whether they scoff at it or not. Let's keep those hearts of compassion. Amen? Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven, and that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness, or the wrong things that we have done, have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin, or unholiness, uh, means that we deserve to die and receive God's judgment to go to hell and not heaven. In other words, we're disqualified for heaven. And that's because God being holy and us being not, the two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy, we're not perfect like him. Uh, let's take a, a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, the Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you have ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. And so that makes us a liar. Another of the Ten Commandments says you shall not steal. Okay? How many have ever taken anything without permission? Well, all of our hands should have went up at that one. Uh, we've already said we're a bunch of liars. Okay? Well, we've all done that. And it doesn't have to be a bank. Uh, it could be a pencil in the third grade. Uh, that means that we're a thief. Okay? The Bible says that God is so holy, even his name is holy. And that's why one of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. Hey, folks, isn't it ironic how uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ, has now become a cuss word? Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. Okay, and folks, let's be honest. We've used God's name in vain uh, before. The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. One more out of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible says that the sin of hatred is akin to the sin of murder. You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead. You pulled the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that, and it's just as bad. He knows the mind. He knows the hearts, the thoughts, and the intents that we have. Folks, that's just five out of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God and you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. 
I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, what he did on the cross, on our behalf, that we will not perish, we will not go to hell, but he will give us the gift of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. It's something that we don't earn. We, we, we can't earn. It's a gift, the Bible calls it. And a gift cannot be earned. He was taking the death penalty in our place. That's what the cross was of the day. And that if we would just ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins and believe that in our heart that God raised him from the grave, showing that his death is satisfactory to God to forgive us of all of our sins, no matter what we've done, the Bible says we shall be saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. Let me give you a common analogy of what God's doing and what he did for us with Jesus dying on the cross on our behalf. Uh, in life, we know that people uh, can be sentenced for a crime uh, to where they're actually on death row. Uh, the courtroom scene has completely finished. The gavel has already sounded. Uh, they are going to jail and they're just awaiting their time before they go to the death penalty. Uh, as they're sitting there in the jail cell, uh, it, it's a proven fact they did what they did. Everybody knows it. They're just waiting for that time for their uh, number to come up, so to speak, and walk down that hall and be executed. Uh, there's nothing they could do to reverse their crime. No amount of good works in that jail cell can reverse what they've done. It's too late. It's over. But believe it or not, there's one way that people even today can get off a of death row. And that's if the one in authority, the governor, if he were to, out of mercy and kindness, nothing that the person did, because they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it, if he would grant them what's called a pardon, out of the kindness of his heart, he has the authority to grant them a pardon and absolve them completely of their crimes uh, against the state. And did you know that there's actually been people that this has happened to, that the governor, out of mercy, has granted them a pardon as a gift, and they've gone down to the jail cell, and handed that person, extended it through the bars, here, I'm granting you a pardon. If you would just receive it, you can go free right now. And did you know that there's actually been people who've said, no, I don't want your pardon. And so what happened is of their own doing, even though they had a way out, they still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God did for us with Jesus dying on the cross. He sent his son to take the death penalty in our place. He, God, has the authority to grant us through Jesus a complete pardon. And every day that you're still alive, God is extending to you spiritually this pardon. But a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it by faith. Won't you do that today? Won't you call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Ask him, to forgive you of all of your sins, to trust in his work on the cross, to pardon us from all of our crimes, our sins against God. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. There's only one way to get off a of death row. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Won't you do that right now? Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and, and Get a Life Ministries. And if there's anything that we can do for you, 
uh, please don't hesitate uh, to contact us. Uh, our number, our information will uh, come up here on the screen shortly. And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. With the Capital One Quicksilver card, you earn unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase everywhere. It's easy. That's just the way I like it. Oh, that's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh, I like it, uh-huh, uh-huh. Woo! The Quicksilver card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? That's the way, uh-huh, uh-huh. Capital I One like Bank, USANA. Uh -huh.